Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. I want to start there, but I want to go to Romans 8 today. So whoever's on overheads, just giving you the heads up on that one. I want to start in uh, John chapter 4 and verse 16. We looked at this last week. We finished off here, but it's a carry-on into the next section. So I need to go back just a little bit and uh, re-look at what we finished off with. That's where the Apostle John said, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. That is so powerful. I don't want to read beyond that at the moment because... If you can just get a hold of that, you'll be there, <laughs> okay? I want, you to know, I want you to notice the two things he says. He says, we know and we've made the decision to believe, okay? You not only need to know, but you need to believe. A lot of people know stuff, but they don't believe it. You know, they say, well, I know God loves me, but, you know, the but lets me know you don't believe. You really don't believe the type of love that John is talking about. The type of love that couldn't, you know, that allowed him not to be killed. This is a person that refused to die. <laughs> Everybody, they tried, they tried to murder him. He said, no, thank you. You know, I want us to be the same way. That's the reason why, family, that I chose to study his, you know, his epistles. And we'll get back to his gospel. I haven't forgotten. Okay, but it's the reason why, and his revelation is so different. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic gospels. You know, they see the same, okay? Um, that sin means the same and optic means to see, all right? So they see in the same way. But John is so different. You know, they go on with genealogies and, you know, Abraham and David. That John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word with God, was with God, and the Word was God. That's his beginning. And then he came down here. Doesn't matter what genealogy he followed. Hello. <laughs> okay. Now, that, and, and that's what makes it so different. That's what makes it so powerful. And this man is giving us a revelation. This man is saying, do you know and do you believe? Because people can say they know something, but in their heart they don't truly believe. Because if they believed, action will follow. Something happens when you believe. Jesus said, you know, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, then he shall have whatever he says. These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. Hallelujah. And they'll do all of these things. Are you all with me? It all comes back to this. You know, but do you believe? I, I, I know people today that know God loves them in their head, but they don't believe it in their heart. And their life isn't so good. That's not anybody here. Okay? But I know people. I said here, okay? <laughs> All, right. All right, so, but, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, family, what do you believe? It's one thing to know something, but do you really know it? To really know it, you would believe it. And John is making this statement, and notice what he says that you need to know and believe. He says, and we have known and believed the love that we have for God? No. You need to see this. The love that God has for us. This is incredible. Do you know and do you believe the love that 
he has for you. Oh, yeah, but I've done all these wrong things. You don't understand. No, no, no. For God so loved the world when he was in a mess. When they didn't want anything to do with him, he still loved, so loved. Do you believe that? <laughs> Are you getting this? You need to believe this. Know and believe. Why am I harping on this? Because we're going to go on to something right now that is so important that you get this revelation in order to travel on to this next scripture. So let's go on to Romans chapter 8 now. The Apostle Paul truly knew and believed this incredible love that God had for him. And so he writes now in Romans chapter 8, I want to start in verse 35 and I want to move through it slowly. I'm going to go down to, I think, verse 39. Yes, verse 39. Please listen carefully to what he says. Word by word, he begins by saying, who shall separate us from, he doesn't say our love for Christ. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That's God's love to us. That's Christ's love to us. Who can separate you from his love? See, we've always thought all this stuff is going to come and separate us from God. No, see, he's saying something else here. He's saying nothing can separate us from his love. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what situation you're in. I don't care what lies has been preached to you. Have been preached to you? <laughs> yes, have, whatever. Okay, regardless of all of that stuff, you need to know something that the love that Christ has for you and I'm going to look at all these words, okay, in some detail. The love that Christ has for you makes you more than a conqueror. We are going to see what you conquer. You know, we always read that verse, for we are more than conquerors. Conquerors of what? Well, let's have a look today, shall we? Let's just dive into this thing. Okay. So once again, this is all based on, you, you know, have you known and believed the love that God has for you? Because John said, I have known and believed. That's right. Can you say the same thing? I pray that you do by the end of all of this. Others had failed in my job. Well, it's still your decision. <laughs> that I can't help you with. Okay, well, you know. All right. <laughs> so he begins by saying, shall tribulation. You know that word tribulation? We just go, oh, yeah, you know, tribulation. What, what is that? In the original Greek, it means, listen, to be squeezed or placed under pressure. Have you been under pressure? That's tribulation. Have you been, have somebody just squeeze you for that last 20 bucks? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you, you know what I'm trying to say? That's pressure, being squeezed, being put in a place where, you know, this it's just the very opposite of peace. Okay, you're under pressure. And he says, shall that... Let's go back. Separate you from the love of Christ. Of course not. I don't care what kind of pressure you're under. I don't care how badly you react. Da -da 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 -da. 
Let's bring it back to us, shall we? Because we, you know, sometimes we just hate the way we reacted to things and we repent for days and say, God, I'm so sorry. I went off at the dog and the cat and everybody else around me. And I was, I behaved terribly. That doesn't separate you from his love. You may think God has not, doesn't want to have anything to do with you, but God says, I still love you. The same. You go, hi, I don't get that. He goes, I know. That's why I'm God and you're not. <laughs> okay? That's why I can love with this kind of love and you're still having trouble with the thing. Are you all with me? You really get this today. Please get, I, I just want to give you one thing today and it's this. So go home with this, please. Okay? So that's tribulation, being under pressure. Are you, have you got that now? Okay? That will not do anything to the way Christ loves you. Okay, then he says, or distress. The literal meaning for that is to be helplessly hemmed in, in a very narrow space. Claustrophobic, you know what I'm trying to say? Listen to the words again, okay? It's to be hemmed in. You know, you know what that means? It's kind of like <laughs> you have no place, no way to move. Like you have no space. You're kind of feeling very kind of, I don't know, trapped. Is that a good word? So we have pressure on one side. Now we have the feeling of just being trapped. Have you just been trapped, feeling trapped? You're hemmed in. <laughs> okay? You just can't get out. You just think, God, I can't see a way out of this. I'm freaking out. Sorry, I know that's a sin. You probably don't love me anymore. No. No, that won't do it either. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember I told you this about his love for you. Because see, the mistake we make is that we think, God, we're not loving you the way we should. So why should we expect anything from you? Can, can, can I have an honest hand here? Okay, because that's how we think. You know why? Because that's what's being preached. Because that's what the devil wants you to think. He can't stand it. That no matter what he makes you do, how far out you go, God still loves you the same. He just can't stand that. With him, it's all about, well, you do this and then I'll do something for you. What's in it for me? <laughs> okay that's the whole deal with God it's nothing like that with God it's what have I got for you everything you want it <laughs> you know? and then we put all of these conditions based on what we've heard on that are you all here now if you are sinning continually stop at least make an effort. <laughs> Repent. Yeah, but I know I'm going to mess up again. It's okay. Until then, you're safe. Because you're cleansed of all unrighteousness. You're forgiven and cleansed, which means you're not giving the devil any, any access to your life. Amen. And so you're allowing God to love you. I told you, only you can stop him. You can, he's, he's going to love you regardless, but you are the one that stops it from getting to you. Do you see that? You put up a shield called sin. And God's saying, drop your shields. I want to bless you. I've got all this for you. 
Because you know what I've found? When you allow God to bless you, that blessing does something to you. It, it gets you to a place where you go, you know, I don't want that kind of life. Why am I even doing that? This is ridiculous. The light comes. Amen? Let's continue. I only need two words. More words. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. So again, he asks the question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? His love for us, okay? He says, shall tribulation or distress, so that's either pressure or, you know, just feeling trapped. And then he says, persecution. Now, we know that this is being afflicted for Christ's sake. Persecution is what comes on you because you're a Christian. Some people just don't like you because you're a Christian. It's not them that don't like you. It's the devil behind them that doesn't like you. And if they're entertaining that spirit and that devil in their life, then they're just not going to like you. Well, how does that work? Well, the same way when two spirit-filled believers come together. And they kind of go, are you a believer? Yep, I am. Are you? Uh-huh. I thought so. <laughs> okay, you know, <laughs> there's that recognition, the spirit behind it. Are you all here? Same thing happens on the other side. When there's some devil running somebody's life and they're enjoying that, they're not going to enjoy having you around because you bring a presence with you. Do you know that God lives in you? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. First John 4.4. Uh, okay. He's in you. He doesn't sort of go, oh, I'm not invited to this party. Oh, yeah, I'll stay at home. No. <laughs> Wherever you go, he's there. He said he'll never leave you, never forsake you. And that, because you're carrying that around with you all the time, whether you like it or not. Okay, you don't get a choice on that one. Because of that, it upsets certain devils and certain people that have been influenced by those things. And it also has the effect of those people. There are some people that are not that way. They may not be Christians, but they're not that way. Okay, they're not sort of led by the devil, influenced by the devil. They will, you'll find that they will just get attracted to you. Because they're going, oh, I like something about you. You know, I don't know what it is. There's something there. People are all looking for God. And you carry him around with you. <laughs> That's what you need to know. So, you know, in home fellowships, then the next one, I'm, I've done three already. Okay, we've, we've started the training on that now. So it's online, fixed all the volumes and everything. I had to do them so many times. It's ridiculous, but let me stop complaining now. But <laughs> they're up there, three are up there now, and I'll be doing more, probably doing one a week. But the next one I'm going to do is going to talk about your personal testimony as well, and it's going to talk about some scriptures you need to know. And please memorize them. Oh, I don't know how to memorize. Oh, you can. What's your name? What's your telephone number? You can memorize. Oh, somebody goes, I don't know my telephone number. <laughs> Okay, okay, just for your... Okay, I never call myself. Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> that's, that's what this old lady said when she was being, you know, she was being questioned. And they were asking her all these questions. And one of the questions was, what's your phone number? She goes, I don't know. She goes, you don't know your number? Well, I don't call myself. Other people know my <laughs> You know? I know everybody else's number. But anyway. Okay, so we're up to persecution. And know something that's, you know... That, that's going to be a thing, okay? Just know that that in itself won't separate you from the love that Christ has for you if you crave. If you go, I don't know Jesus. If you do a Peter. Before the cock crows three times, you, <laughs> okay, you know what I'm trying to say? And you feel ashamed and dejected and you go back to fishing. Or whatever you were doing. Hello. Did that separate him from Christ's love? No. 
Because he came and he sat and he ate with him. And he literally said, literally in what he asked him to do, he said, I forgive you. That's why he asked him three times, will you look after my sheep, my lambs? Three times. It was to counteract the three times that he had denied him. Isn't that interesting? All right, anyway, that's for another year. Okay, back to this. <laughs> All right, so we got pressure. <laughs> we got being trapped. We, and now we come to persecution, which again, you know, so many people, and I'll put my hand up. There have been times when I have not wanted to say I was a Christian because I knew the crowd. You know, you know, and they go, they get all weird on you. I don't know what it is. And they get fake on you. They lie to you. You know, it's best not to say anything. Why is a serpent harmless as doves? Don't be stupid as donkeys, okay? Jesus said, be wise as serpents. You know, serpent, you don't know when it's around. We need to be there and people don't know what. You can pray in the spirit quietly. And they'll be going, why am I not wanting to drink so much today? <laughs> I'm not cussing as much. And, okay, you can do stuff like that without announcing I'm a Christian and I'm here to be persecuted. Please begin. <laughs> okay, some people are like that. They just thrive on persecution. And that's not healthy either. Okay, it's one thing if they find out, but you know. Or famine. Oh, you can do a lot of things when you're hungry. I don't want to go there. Okay, or nakedness. Now, nakedness isn't just being without clothes. It's, it's something else. It's actually, let me just read this for you. It's feeling vulnerable and unprotected. Feeling vulnerable and unprotected. That's when you feel like, God, where are you? Did you kind of forget me? I feel all exposed here. Are you all with me? And, and, you know, we say things to God that, you know, later on we realize that God was looking after us in ways we hadn't even thought. And the things that were going on. And you start to find out. You always, God always lets me know that he was always there. Somewhere, somehow. And he'll always vindicate me somewhere, somehow. That's why he says, you don't take any vengeance. He says, leave it up to me. I know what I'm doing. This is the most brilliant person in the whole universe that has access to everything and everyone. Leave him alone. You can't get anywhere close to what he can do. Amen? And he'll do what is right. Not what is vengeful, but what is right. Amen? Okay. So that's what nakedness is. Feeling vulnerable and unprotected or peril. This is danger from treachery and mistreatment. Wow. Have you been, do you ever feel mistreated? You know, they didn't respect you the way they should. or they, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? And you just feel like, ugh, I want to take a bath. Just feel like I've been thrown up on or something. You know, you just feel like people just, are, eh, today it's so hard. Today you have to pay people and thank them for taking your money. In the old days, you pay somebody and they say thank you. Today, it's almost like a privilege to pay somebody for something. I'm not kidding, man. I mean, it's just really sad the way the values of society have just spiraled downward. Why? Because, oh, well, you know, we don't need God. We don't need a conscience. Let every man do what seeming, seems right to him. 
You know what the only problem is? What seems right to you. If somebody did that to you, you don't want that. Because you didn't feel so good. Hello. It's funny how man just sabotages himself when he walks away from God. God put things in place so that we could live a happy, blessed, peaceful life. Do you know that everybody would be in that place where everybody would flow and everybody would want to help people because as you're being helped, you want to be a help. But if it's every man for himself, what kind of society is that? Nobody can do business. You can't sign contracts when you're thinking like that because you can't trust anybody. Hello. Interesting, isn't it, that all our contracts are based on God? Keeping oaths and doing what is right. All right. And he says, finally, or sword. Now, this isn't talking about battle. This isn't talking about, oh, I won't go fight for my country. Listen, this is talking about, listen, the threat of assassination and murder. That's what this sword is talking about. Did you all get that? That's when people want to take your life. I mean, they want to assassinate you, man. They want to take you out because you're just a nuisance to them. All of that doesn't separate Christ's love for you when you cave in on any of those things, when you're afraid of those things, and when you're sort of going, God, I, I, don't, I know people today that don't want to serve God because they're afraid. And they just don't trust God. And they think, and they think that God doesn't love them because they've decided not to do that because they're, they're scared. And you know, this tells you the exact opposite. No matter where you've failed, no matter where you've let yourself down, let God down or whatever else, he still loves you the same. Can you get that revelation today? I haven't finished. <laughs> okay. I told you, I have to get to verse 39. He says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. So you can understand where he's coming from now. Okay, he's saying all of this stuff. And the big question is, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall any of these things? No. And he says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for slaughter. The cost of faithfulness to God has always been high. Okay, just know that. It costs you something. But you need to know that God loves you. And whatever, whatever you do as unto him, you'll be rewarded forever in heaven. People are looking for temporary rewards down here. They want to be rich and they want to be this and that and everything else. And they think that's it. That's all there is. And you know what? That's just very, this is a, just a, a drop in the ocean of time. The ocean is still waiting. A billion years from now, you, you'll hear me preaching this little message. This God, this, <laughs> do the best that you can with the time that you have down here. Because for the rest of eternity, all of eternity is going to be based on what you're doing right now. That's why, you know, the apostle said, don't go after wealth. Don't go chasing after those things. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of those things will just get added to you. Because you need those things to do the, the, the work of the kingdom. And God knows that. But he needs to know that your priority is him. That when he brings the wealth, your eyes won't go off of that to the wealth. 
and have the thing of, oh, I can now retire and live on the interest. Hello, hello. <laughs> yes, the Sri Lankan came back out. Oh, see, that's what he doesn't want, because that's what happens with people. God, I'll do this. God, I'll do that. If you bring this, God, I'll build this church and do everything. They get all the money and go, forget the church. I can live off the interest. See you later, bye. And then they're doing nothing towards their eternity, because the only wealth you get to keep is what you give away. Get it? That's why it says, prosperity destroys the fool, not the wise person. God wants to bless you, but you need to be wise. Amen? And he needs to. Now, verse 37. <laughs> okay? Out of all of this. So I want to read all this again. He says, who shall separate, separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. Paul says, listen, regardless of what's coming your way, regardless of how, how hemmed in you feel, regardless of how much pressure is on you, regardless of people trying to assassinate you, whatever it is, we are more than conquerors. Conquerors don't die. But I want you to notice how he finishes it. Because he asked the question, thank you, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's because we know if we are established and we know and have believed the love that God has for us, then we will be more than conquerors. Nothing can separate us from that. And regardless of what we do, we'll be quick to repent because we know God still loves us the same. And he just needs us to come back. He never goes anywhere. We're the ones that wander off from him. And we need to just come back. Amen. And then he just grabs you and holds you. And we're going to talk about the prodigal son. And that's not the, that's, that is not really the focus of that story, you know. It's about the father. It's all about the father. They told us about the son to let us know how far off track we can get and how the father still loved the son the same. And you might see some things in there that you've never seen before. Shock. Anyway, we're getting to that. Hallelujah. Verse 38. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels. Now, these are fallen angels, okay? All of God's angels, they're on your side. Don't ever worry about them. <laughs> okay, if one of them standing in front of you, it's okay. They're not going to stab you. They're there to protect you. <laughs> Amen? So these are talking about fallen angels. He says, no angels or fallen angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come. I mean, whether it's now or whether we're worrying about something that's coming. There's a lot of stuff coming. Pausing for a minute here. There are some things that are coming. Please don't let those things shake your faith. Remember that the devil is the one that's behind the news. Please listen to me. He's doing everything to deceive people. And he has his own narrative about all kinds of things. It has always been that way and will always be that way. Whether topics are of old or topics new. I'm just letting you know. Don't let this separate you from God's love. 
Do you hear me? Nothing changes. Everything in here is still true. And everything in here still works. There's no other name under heaven that is above the name of Jesus. When he conquered, he conquered everything. When he gave us power, he gave us all power. We are a very privileged race. We're not one in a million races. You know Star Trek, oh, there's all of No, no, no. We're a very privileged race. We were made in his image and his likeness. The Bible doesn't say he did it anywhere else but here. We are, we are in God's class. See, that's the reason why even the poor person on the street, if you see them through God's eyes, they were meant to rule and reign. They have gifts. We were all born with them. And somehow society has spit them onto the curb. That's why we are to look after the poor. In God's eyes, they're not poor. There are people with destinies that have missed out. And it, God will do whatever miracles necessary to get them to places where they could be running companies. I'm just telling you, okay? All right. So he, he says again, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels fallen, or principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing nor any other created thing, which means everything but God. Did you get that? I don't care what all you might think and what people might say, and you know, oh, but they're so advanced. I don't care. God is above all, and he lives in you. And you are seated in heavenly places in Christ, right now. You don't have to say, I'm waiting to get there. No, you're there already. Behave, act like it. That's why we need to speak to mountains. And he says, <laughs> I got half a verse here and half a verse there. So he says again, no height, no depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh, hallelujah. It's biblical. It's there. Nothing can do it. The love that God has for you, nobody can take that away. Nobody can separate you from that. You can separate yourself, but nobody, no person nor thing can separate you from that. Did you get that? You need to know that. We need to, this is why again, <laughs> the Apostle John says, we have known and we have believed the love that God has for us. Today, please, I want you to know and believe the love that God has for you. Would you do that? Know that nothing you can do will separate you from that love. That's the reason why you need to ask God to forgive you when you mess up. Because he's already forgiven you. But you need, that's why it says, if you acknowledge your sin, he's faithful and just.
to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? In the Greek, it's all continual. We don't see all these things because we read English. It's a continual cleansing. It's a continual forgiving. Isn't that beautiful? Amen? It's not like when you take a shower and you get dirty five minutes later. <laughs> just imagine God shower on you all the time. And it's just washing you and washing you and the devil has nothing to grab a hold of. You are literally beyond reach. And we'll look at that when he says, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's nothing there. It keeps getting washed off. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. What a powerful word this is. And we thank you for the Apostle Paul penning these words down. We thank you for the Apostle John <laughs> that gave us the insight and the understanding that we need to know and we need to believe this. We need to make the decision to believe this. With everything coming against us, with all the pressure that is around us, with all that the enemy is trying to use against us to convince us otherwise. We choose today to make just a renewal, a commitment back to you, God, that we will, we will know and we will believe the love you have for us, regardless of how we feel, regardless of the way things look, regardless of what other people say even certain ministers, we choose to believe your word. We choose to believe your spirit. And we thank you for that unconditional, never-ending love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.